Oh, wig. It's hot local singles. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hot Local Singles, your favorite podcast about pop music, pop culture, and everything else. And politics. Politics. <laughs> my name is Juan. I'm joined today by my co host, whose name is Josh. Much like every day. <laughs> Much like every other podcast, it's just the two of us drinking together, yeah. Skyping yep. from a distance, mm-hmm. and talking pop music. So, what's up, Josh? How's life? Well, I'm great. I'm just kidding. I've been really depressed. <laughs> yeah, same actually. Yeah. As I told you in the Patreon pre-show, you heard that right. Mm. I've been depressed, and <laughs> that's kind of all there is to it. I feel yeah, good when now. you're depressed. Yeah, when you're depressed, there's just not much to life. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah a series of being depressed, being depressed, being depressed, having some <laughs> coffee, being depressed, listening to the new Kingdom album, having some coffee, being depressed. <laughs> That's right, yeah. It's been depressing for me, too. I recently finished working, so I'm unemployed. Yeah. Looking, planning my future, which is, there's nothing more depressing than having to think about the future. There's nothing worse. What future? Exactly. At this point, exactly, that's it. Also, what future? The world's ending. So why should I I plan for a world that's not going to be there for me to enact my plans? I think it's, I think it's just over already. Like, this can't be living. Now we're living in a simulation, aka Twitter. Okay, yeah. And speaking of Twitter, this week there was a bit of a controversy on Twitter. Not a controversy, more a revelation. Yeah, it was such a a revelation. A very, I was going to say very famous, but no, I won't overstate that. Mid-level celebrity by the name of Orville. A Canadian, yeah, I forgot about that little detail. By the name of Orville Peck came out as being ugly. (laughs) Well, that's your opinion. (laughs) No, that's actually contested. He came out as, but what is not contested is that he didn't come out. He was outed as being a theater gay. So wait, Orville Peck, country singer, wears a headdress slash mask thing. (laughs) The one. I guess he was always in a punk band as a young boy or whatever. (laughs) So like there were pictures out there, but he also like had these adult photos. (laughs) Adult photos. You mean pornographic? Yeah. Yeah, actually. But some yeah. are like modelies, and some are like full, not. They're you know? like they're like Bud magazine, so it's that like very totally. like queer photography of like lots of shadows, black and yet, white. Yeah, black and white, lots of shadows. Yet somehow the dick manages to be completely like visible, perfectly lit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good dick. So yeah, we like those pictures. I mean, that's yeah. not what the controversy was because no, those no, have been no. around for a while. Yeah, but what was unearthed on Twitter.com? Everyone's at this point, like most twisted social network of choice, yeah, literally. was this old like theater production of I think Peter Pan that he was yeah, in. Peter Pan. That's the worst part of it, I think. Oh, it's really rough. He like yeah. okay, you know what? I'm just gonna play it. Yeah, please. Because he's wearing tights. He's speaking like a theater kid. Like he's really projecting, right? The cadence and, and the everything about that is just like theater kid. It's it's funny how they all have the same way of speaking. Like they all went to the same fucking academy. In a way they do, but also... They're taught to. Yeah. But then it's funny that in his songs, he has that like deep, yeah. like country Southern drawl, but it's like in a way, not even a huge jump. Okay, let's play this clip of him being launched... Into the air by, um, <laughs> like, invisible 
theater string. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's just play it. It's not the one you want. It's me. It's oh, me. No. Son, you care to find me. He's flying in the air. Okay, Dina Menzel. That's called a high note, uh, baby. <laughs> he really hit Shut that. it down, Patty Lapone. We get it. Okay, <laughs> so what I was saying earlier, a bit in the pre-show, I don't know what the cut, the edit is going to be like, so I don't know if, whatever. By the way, if you want to listen to the pre-show, go to patreon.com slash hotlocalsingles. It's pay what you mm-hmm. can. Thank you. <laughs> what I was saying to Joshi in the pre-show, for which you have to go to Patreon, is that... <laughs> I was surprised. I wasn't expecting that from him. But once I saw that, it clicked. Because for me, his singing voice is so dramatic, theatrical, and like hokey and like contrived. And like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, that that I get it. I'm like, of course, this is someone who's been classically trained in the like Shakespeare Academy of Arts to sound like a fucking annoying dumbass. And it, to me, explains his singing style. I don't think his music is the worst, but I don't, I'm not a fan. I've never been. So in a way, it was a bit vindicating. I was like, oh, that's why I don't like him. Wait, sorry. Can I confirm something? Yeah. Is he gay or straight? Gay as Liberace. Okay. Yeah. Because there's something about this other video of him where it's like a little bit unclear to me. Like I wouldn't snap to that judgment, you know? Right. Do you know the other video I'm talking about where he's like just no. sitting and kind of like intertwining his fingers and like making a lot of like hand motions and like discussing that he's doing a Twitter takeover. I actually missed that one. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. I know the one. Yeah. He's wearing a white shirt. (laughs) Whoever this faggot was who like had like receipts. He just didn't have one video. He had like pictures, videos, like grinder screenshots, not really, but kind of. He must've like just searched his real name and like found all these credits. Yeah, totally. Anyway, I'll play a clip right now of, um, Orville Peck himself, in the least riveting way possible, describing how he's taking over the Peter Pan Twitter page. <laughs> Icon, legend, and star Daniel Patu here. Whoa. Uh, in a he's like leaning back in his chair. He has a ring on his finger. Uh, I've given access to the Peter Pan Goes Wrong Twitter account for the weekend. Sorry, Peter Pan Goes Wrong Twitter account. <laughs> I guess, have you ever wanted to be in a West End play? Uh, you know, do you long for the secrets to fame and success? He's so annoying. He's annoying. Uh, I mean, it's just like the th- typical theater kid vibe. He's annoying. And it's like also, it's like a mouth thing. It's like a hand <laughs> thing. It's the ring for sure. <laughs> like a lot is playing into it. And yeah. that's Daniel Pitu for you, I guess. Daniel Pitu. Well, I was never into New Sensei, which is his like punkish band. Um, so yeah, his like before he will be was he was Orville Peck. He had a, like a punkish band, and I guess before that or maybe in between, he was a theater kid. Sorry, what's the band called? New and You Sensei, mm-hmm. which is spelled S E N S A E. So what's the timeline? Is it theater then punk then Orville Peck? I actually have no clue. I didn't know about the theater thing. I knew about the punk thing because Sierra liked this band back in when she was like younger. In 2012, Spin Magazine named them in their list of top five best new artists. So that was 2012. Right. So not that long ago, actually. Well, eight years. Okay. And then Peter Pan. I'm literally doing research. Peter Pan goes wrong. Okay. So when he said West End play, he meant Vancouver West End. It's actually kind of all coming together for me. Oh, no way. When he said West End, I thought he meant London. I was a bit impressed, at least by that. 
same. Like his demeanor in that video is like very, I'm in England. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Cast of Peter Pan goes wrong is 2016. So it was oh, punk. Oh, wow. Whoa. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> punk, then Peter Pan, then Orville Peck. What are your thoughts on Orville Peck? I've never asked. I, I don't know if you like his music or anything. He had a song with Shania Twain recently. I watched the oh, video. Yeah. yeah, same. I thought it was a fun video. Um, I mean, I literally don't like country music. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I find, I like country music, actually. I do like country music. I There's something like awoke about you saying that. <laughs> I'm not like the most well-versed, <laughs> but I like a Hank Williams and I like a Taylor Swift, which is the full spectrum. Oh, yeah. But I feel like his music is just so unmusical. Like whenever I listen to his songs, I'm like... What is like? What is happening here? Like the drawl is just too drawled out. It's just like not musical enough for me. Mm-hmm. Which is usually like the most basic way of the writing of a singer. But I just think he makes bad music. Period. I mm. posted this on Tumblr because I wasn't brave enough to put it on Twitter that Orville Peck is the masked singer by Nick Cannon for like. <laughs> bourgeois <laughs> or like professional like manager yeah like the show yeah because a lot of it to me is the gimmick like I feel like if he had shown mm. his face not even because he's ugly because that's debatable I think you and Andy disagreed with me on that front <laughs> yeah we did <laughs> but I think that if he didn't have the gimmick he wouldn't have the career he has and props to the gimmick like it worked for him but I just don't think it's like he's not a great musician maybe he's a better pop star than he's a musician He's a pop star. He came yeah. out as like hating gimmicks. I remember that distinctly. He came out as Imagine. <laughs> that's like the funniest thing to do. He came out as as admitting that he hates wearing a mask. He like thinks it's dumb. Then take it off. But it's like the only thing that's ever gotten him attention before. Right. He said that. Yeah. So that's kind of on us in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should have supported Daniel Pitu when it mattered. <laughs> when he was doing Peter Pan on on the West End of Vancouver? No thanks. Peter Pan goes wrong on the West End. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't like his music. And I'm not sure that he's a theater kid because to me, it his uncool the uncoolness of theater kids has been like seeping out of his music. It's always been there. And now finally we can pinpoint what the problem is. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. If only, like, this could be the moment we let theater kids have a comeback, you know, culturally. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. But it didn't quite go that way, did it? I know. I mean, maybe. A lot of, I did see a lot of gays just, like, parsing over the fact that he was a theater kid and moving directly into thirsting after him. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of gays forgive him for being a theater kid. I personally come from a generation where being (laughs) a theater kid was the worst crime against, like, coolness and anything that's, like, culturally impressive. yeah. Yeah, so to me, it's a pretty unexcusable thing. Like, I'd rather go see the Daniel P2 kill a little kid than him <laughs> being a, a theater It's worth kid. being bullied for, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that at least for sure. From punk to Peter Pan. Yeah. To Peck. We do, if you're into cocks, we do recommend this. If you want to see like a picture of a gorgeous dick, it's pretty big. Okay, great. So we will be keeping an eye out on Orville's pecker. (laughs) So next on our list is... On the agenda. Another Kanye West slash Azalea Banks controversy, Mm -hmm. which to you, listener, you might be, what? Is it 2016? Is it 2017? Is it 2018? Yes, it does happen every year. But this year it's... It's a bit more interesting because it's not just the two of them. It's like the music industry Mm. at large. 
Do you want to like summarize a bit what happened or like how it started? Okay, yeah. So a few days ago, Kanye West posted on Twitter in about 100 tweets. And I mean that literally, like there were 100 (laughs) tweets that his contract didn't let him access his masters, much like Taylor Swift, as we discussed on an earlier episode of this podcast. And he wants them back. So he went on Twitter, which I guess is what he does. He complains. Mm-hmm. Because he has a huge following on Twitter. Yeah. And no matter who you follow, someone will retweet one or two of them. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Like, they're really hard to avoid. Yeah. So, yeah, it was mostly, like, screenshots of, I think, his contract. I didn't look at them. Literally, so many screenshots. What label is he signed to? I'm Googling right now. Because I thought he's he had his own label, right? Mm. He had good music or, like, G-O-O-D music. Should we listen to the Azealia clips? Oh, yeah. We can start by doing that. Yo, bitch, these fires over in Los Angeles are fucking nuts. Like, Oh, that's about fires. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a tweet from September 17th, Azealia Banks on Twitter. By the way, her Twitter is cqueen2001, but from what I've heard, she does not accept new followers, so I'm sorry. She's private. But anyway, I'm happy to provide you with this clip. Here we go. And it's like, at the same time, Kanye, you better not fuck around and let Dean Dash trick you up. You sitting up there talking about Kim Kardashian as your lawyer. Like, you wasn't just talking shit about her fucking family last week. Like, yo, like, the, like, nigga, the, like, you, you are just walking right into the punches. Like, the, the thing that the Kardashians want the most is to fucking own your masters. You know what I'm saying? Because you're married to fucking Kim Kardashian. Of course they're going to fucking help you fight for the masters. And you keep talking about how they want to put you in a hospital and fucking kill you and all that other shit. Like, nigga, what the fucking thing will happen? Like... You just woke him right into the punches. I'm saying you better off getting a divorce from that white family and then trying to get your masters if you're really going to fight the good fight. But you're not fighting the fight. Like, you you giving the shit right back to another fucking white woman. So why you got to drown every other black artist and, like, black celebrity, black billionaire in your fucking, like, you know, plight? This is what I don't like about you. It's like you're so fucking pussy because you always got to, like, play off black emotionality, you know, to get your point across. You know what I mean? You didn't, you didn't give a fuck when, when Taylor Swift didn't have access to her. Here we go. He was laughing it up and fucking making fun of her. Now you want somebody to feel like that for you? I always end up fucking defending Taylor Swift. I don't know how it happens. But <laughs> it's just me. like the simulation always like puts me in that a situation. That is you. Like, she'd just be like the perfect example for like how niggas be fucking hypocrites. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, this shit is so fucking hypocritical and so fucking corny and so fucking phony. And you sit up there like, it's just like, nigga. Why Why is Nicki Blanco on the fucking internet begging, mm. you know, like, screaming at Tiana Taylor for why, why the fuck he didn't get paid for his music? How, how, about, how, how about you <laughs> fucking be the change you want to see in the world and pay the black creatives first? You know what I'm saying? No, Kanye, nobody trusts you with their fucking rights and my fucking masters okay. and shit like that. Like, what the f- Point after point after point. So, Scaly, going back to the Kanye thing, it seems from what I'm reading now that he was signed to Def Jam for his what, six first albums. Okay. And there was a report saying that Jay-Z sold Kanye's masters to get his own masters. No way. Somehow the deal was probably like an exchange. Yeah. And then Kanye repl- uh, tweeted saying like, uh, I love Jay. He will always be my brother or whatever. So don't pit artists against each other. And then that prompted his own tirade of being like, I want my own masters back. And then himself relating to Taylor Swift in the, because I guess they have the same issue essentially. And then that became like a whole thing about the music industry, which climaxed in him peeing on his own Grammy. In the toilet. Yeah. 
And I think Azalea's commentary is really interesting because she like sort of nuances the whole thing. Because Kanye's whole thing is fuck all these like old old school music deals. Let's move to streaming. It's more like democratic or whatever. But Azalea being the genius that she is or the informed woman that she is, is saying like, Kanye, what are you saying? Like Silicon Valley is no better than like LA music industry. There's going to like still be assholes. And in fact, you should stop posting free content to Twitter because all, all you're doing is mm-hmm. making Jack Dorsey richer. That's like one of the clips, not this one, but another clip. She says that. I love that clip. That's actually only one of two clips on her Twitter. And then there's a third on Instagram TV that she posted. <laughs> and yeah, I love, I really love her. Like, I love the way she, she incorporated Taylor Swift. She incorporated Mickey Blanco. To be honest, like, if all of these people are having this issue, then it is actually a problem. Like, when Taylor Swift was complaining about not having her masters from Scooter Braun, I was like... Mm-hmm. No fucking way I'm going to care about this. Like, no way. Like, you can't make me care about this. It's not a feminist issue. There's no, not a chance in hell. We did talk about it on the podcast, so you had we to did care ta- about it. No, we talked about it, but it's like, I, I had the same opinion then as I do now. But then when Azealia Banks says the same thing, it's like, yeah, <laughs> there's something now to you it. Listen. Yeah. yeah, and then when, yeah. Mick, like a few months ago, when Mickey Blanco tweeted, this is what Azealia was referring to, Mickey Blanco tweeted that, I guess he was either sampled or featured on that Tiana Taylor song, oh, WTP. Yeah. I remember that. And he remains uncredited from what I know yeah. on that and, song. And Tiana replied to that saying something like, that's not, don't take it up with me, take it up with my label. If I remember correctly. Yeah, she like didn't give a shit at yeah. all. Yeah. And I guess Kanye had production on that song. I don't really know, yeah. but it sounds like he did. I remember from when we talked about it with the Taylor situation that... Somehow I only remember this because it was like a like a, when Bernie was popping. So I remember thinking like that, yes, it's like so hard to sympathize for like a literal millionaire complaining about not having more like revenue streams. But at the same time, it felt really depressing that even someone with so much power couldn't own her own work, her own labor. And thinking yeah. like if Taylor Swift doesn't have that, we as normal humans are fucking screwed. Like, yeah. If Kanye West and Taylor Swift can own their own, the own product of their own labor, then us, us like workers, students, blah, 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 we have no fucking like hope. And that makes it really depressing. But it seems like, and I think we talked about this actually with the Taylor shit, it seems like standard practice in the music industry, right? Yes, that's, I mean, the record labels have their contracts set up in a way that that's just how it is. And like, you don't make money for like, I mean, most musicians don't make money, period, I think, from record label deals. Yeah, because they, like nowadays, they make most of their money through touring or whatever. Like owning your masters doesn't mean that you're not getting royalties, right? You're still getting money from, like if your music is used in movies and commercials and whatever. You maybe don't even get money from it, like playing on the radio. I don't know. Really? It's like... If you've written the lyrics, that's a different story. But like, if you are just kind of right, singing right, right, it, right. Yeah. I think you like kind of have no, nothing in the game. Yeah. You know? I think you're absolutely right. Because yeah, if you are the songwriter, like credited, you will get royalties. But if you're not, you don't. So if you don't know your masters and you didn't write the song, you're fucked. Yeah. Which is why Taylor is so rich because she's written every song yeah. she's sang. So she doesn't and it's have that problem. Charlie XCX has made money at all from her record oh, label. Okay. Yeah. She wrote, she wrote Same Old Love by Selena Gomez and stuff like that. Yeah, love that song, actually. 
I mean, while we're talking about it, do you feel like listening to Azealia Banks on Spotify? Oh, yeah. Like about Spotify? Right, because then she pivoted. As we were saying, she was like criticizing Kanye for talking about saying that basically Silicon Valley was a saver or whatever. And then she pivots yeah. to talk about Spotify. Yeah, let's play it. Who really even knows how much, you know, you're getting per stream and if, if you're actually getting that. Un, un, until until somebody can invent the chip and invent oh my God. the technology. Not chip. It, no, not that chip. Will make, that will assure me that there is going to be no piracy. I don't want to contribute to my demise by putting anything on YouTube or putting anything on TuneCore or putting anything on... Apple Store, putting anything on Spotify, or even fucking Tidal. <laughs> Sorry. You know, it's, it's really the fucking same shit, just a different toilet. In that video on Instagram, she quit music, by the way. That's what that was. Yeah, yeah. She says that it doesn't make an economical, economic sense for her. Right. Without touring. So Azealia wants physical media to make a comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the clip with Sierra while she, like, I was preparing for the podcast and she was over. And we were both kind of laughing a bit because that just seems utopian would be like the nice way yeah. of describing that. Like this return to physical is not going to happen. She also talks about later that she has fans that are willing to buy physical, but it's yeah. like vinyl records exist and people will buy them if you make the music first. Yeah. Like, this is one of the only times I've thought she's wrong, actually. I agree. Because I do agree that Spotify isn't sustainable. A chip isn't going to happen. She, no. like, references a USB stick. It's like none of these things no. Yeah, she even sense. literally says a return to floppy disk. She literally, yeah. I think, pretty literally says those words. Okay, title of episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love actually a return to floppy disk. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen, and I think... Like, sure, her critique of Spotify is on point. And obviously, we've been knowing this. Like, as music lovers, like, Spotify is shit for the artists. Yeah. But a return to CD player, CD is just not going to happen. That's just, like, utopian. People people no longer have, like, literal devices for playing those. Like, I, I couldn't play a CD. No, me neither. It would get stuck in my nine-year-old MacBook, is what it would do. <laughs> yeah. I had to go to the Apple Store once for that. I threw out my disc in ages ago, so... <laughs> There's no way that that'll work. I've felt nasty about Spotify for like somewhere between a few weeks and a few months now. Mm -hmm. I just don't like what it's showing me. Like, I mean, to be fair, when Azealia Banks said gays shouldn't go on prep, I was like, done, you're right. And I like quit prep <laughs> within a few months. And now I'm like... Just like your general protection practitioner. Yeah, now I'm like, maybe I don't like Spotify. Like... Release radar every week is like a disaster. Like this week I had a song by Brandy in it. Mind you, this is for new music. And it was a punk band that I couldn't find any information on called Brandy. Yeah. And I was like, how does this happen every week? There's always something. Yeah. Like it'll be like um, heavy metal called Khalees or like <laughs> punk rock <laughs> called Brandy. Like it's so stupid. <laughs> like if the algorithm is doing this work, it's like needs to try harder, you know? Yeah, it needs to be better, like, more developed. So maybe I'll unsubscribe from Spotify right now. How about I do that? Well, I first, first of all, before you do that, I will say, I love <laughs> okay, Azalea Banks. She's a cultural icon, but I wouldn't follow her advice too closely. I feel like sometimes she's, like, even this specific instance, she's 
She has a weird fixation with Kanye when I think it relates to the fact that Kanye and her worked for a minute but never actually got released. Oh. And ever since she's been obsessed, like that, she only got in a fight with Lana Del Rey because of Kanye West to defend Kanye West. Oh. So I don't know about her prep advice. She's not a doctor, a medical doctor, so I wouldn't listen to her advice on that. Spotify, though, I might listen to that because I agree. I was talking to this about this with Hugo, actually, who just came in, that ever since I used Spotify, I listened to less variety of music. Yeah. It makes, like, you don't really search for music anymore. You just sort of listen what is given to you. And Spotify has a really amazing talent at hiding good music. 100%. What is up with that? Yeah, right? I don't know. It's taken me years to realize that, but it's like, when something comes out that I really feel strongly about, and it's not like fucking Ava Max or whatever... Yeah. It's like, I have to search for that. It's not going to give it to me. No, totally. No, 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 no. It's crazy. Even if I've listened to it before. Yeah. Spotify I like because it allows me to create playlists, literally just to like two less finger swipes than Apple Music. So I find it to be more convenient. Hmm. But I do think it's like bad for, obviously for artists. And we've been knowing that for like, even since the Napster days. Right. But it's also, I think, bad for the listener. Mm-hmm. Like it just sort of like, solidifies your music taste and it takes away a lot of like the discovery aspect of music. Yeah, in a weird way is not for discovery at all. And there's all this like, there's all these playlists for discovery and like daily mixes. But yeah, I don't really find, other than maybe Discover Weekly, which I find too, like, t- I don't know, it's like Tumblr poppy or like, it's just kind of like right, ugly exactly. music to me. That to me has always been the biggest issue. There's like, artists on Spotify playlists that to me don't live anywhere outside of that. Yeah, they don't They're not real musicians. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Yeah, what's up with that? And yet, like, I want... It's like we're talking about how we want to support new kinds of artists, but Spotify isn't doing it right. And it's like, I can only have so many Katy Perry remixes put in front of my face (laughs) every day. It's like, it's really too much. (laughs) No, literally, yeah. I'm fucking... I'm I'm unsubscribing Um, right now. (laughs) You can still use it if you don't pay for it. Yeah, but you have to listen to shitty ass ads. I used to I used to have it for free for the longest time and I would always get I would always get the same Diet Coke ad with that lady from Community the Show talking about building a yurt. Oh my god. I used to like I'm triggered by that ad. That sounds annoying. But I don't know. I feel like there's been a sort of a push more by like I think maybe more like dependent electronic artists to sort of move to more Bandcamp yes. kind of vibe where you pay for each, like you pay for the product that you're actually streaming. Bandcamp day. And I think that's like, we're good. It's like ethical consumption, but I think on a big scale is unrealistic. Like it may, might work for independent artists, but someone like Azalea who makes pop music, I think it's kind of impossible to convince every single faggot to like go on Bandcamp and purchase the song even though that's the model that existed until the 90s mm-hmm. but think of how many kids just never lived with that nowadays there's kids who only know streaming or maybe downloading of the internet yeah you're right yeah. and even if she gets people to download off, off itunes i think the whole point is that they still get 30 percent. yeah like no matter what she's kind of losing because you can have an activated fan base but like when it's that kind of number for a commission, it's like... You're fucked. You're fucked no matter what. They're just fucking thieves. That's what they are. They are, yeah. It always hits the wallet of the artist the most because essentially, and not to get like too like Marxist, they know that the talent is 
the easiest thing to replace because there's a thousand Azalea banks out there. There's a thousand women who would be down to rap for free on a track. And, you know, because everyone's just so desperate to have work. Mm. We're all desperate to like have and do meaningful work. Yeah. Especially something in the entertainment industry. It's like so fun to do. It's everyone aspires to that. The talent is so replaceable and they know that. So they know they can chart, they, they can basically pay them so little. There's probably a middle ground of like exploring new music on Spotify as much as you can. But mm-hmm. then like balancing that with paying for like the new Chloe album on Bandcamp, the new Kingdom whatever on Bandcamp, right? Yeah. It's complicated though, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. At an individual level, there's a way of doing that. Like you were like, you're just saying you can do that. It's just like, Structurally. I wonder how we would like, yeah, exact. Structurally how we would work. Structurally, it's like destined to make us want stuff basically yeah. for free. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And I feel like there's also a lot in the discourse, this like tendency to guilt the consumer. Yeah, for sure. But it's by design from like the evil company, like evil both music companies and tech companies. Mm -hmm. I feel like what's essentially happening is that Azalea Banks is making less money because now there's another middleman. Like whoever works at Spotify is taking that money away from her Mm -hmm. in a way. But I don't know what the solution is. I mean, at least she's like raising the question. And, and I guess Taylor Swift did it a year ago. Now Kanye. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are big artists. I mean, and I think Jay-Z also had the same intuition. He just like, instead of trying to fix it, he tried to make money out of it yeah. by making title. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Yeah, title. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like the biggest artists have now said it. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard for like consumers to give a shit about the biggest artists, you know? But then when yeah, Azealia Banks totally. says it, it's like, how can you disagree in a way? Like she gives us so much every month, you know? Like I feel exactly. like she gives me so much value. <laughs> and there's a real difference to like Taylor Swift complaining about money and Azealia Banks complaining about money, for sure. I mean, Taylor Swift doesn't need a single more cent in her no, bank account. For as long as she lives. But then Azealia Banks doesn't make music anymore anyway. It's like, it's not, this, it's not like she's been releasing... Yeah. She just doesn't really. It's not like she's withholding an album. She just hasn't in a while anyway. Yeah. So speaking of like Spotify and monoculture and mm-hmm. like homogenous, shitty dystopian vision of the future, <laughs> this guy Andrew Huang, who is a Toronto F word, we want to say, someone, uh, please confirm if you know this man. Likely, likely. <laughs> if you know this man. <laughs> YouTuber at the very He's least. <laughs> he made this video that went a bit viral on Twitter where he claims that. Nowadays, all pop music uses the same note. Super tonic is what he calls it. So what he argues is oh. like he changes the key of a bunch of these songs. And he's like, it's not about the key. Like, I understand that changing the key is a bit of cheating. But in relation, because music is all about like the relation of the notes, what he's arguing is that everyone's using the super tonic note because it's the easiest to listen to. Wow. And then he like catalogs like Never Really Over is a big one. And then a bunch of the weekend songs, a bunch of Justin Timberlake songs that we hate. Can't stop the feeling. Hmm. And the first one, it seems to have used it was The Weeknd. And then Get Lucky by Daft Punk is that. Starboy, which is The Weeknd and Daft Punk is that. So he has his, it's honestly so twee. He's like playing on a little light up keyboard. (laughs) But anyway, I'll just play it and you can hear all these songs. Don't 
that's all one note, I'm, obviously. I'm like dancing to this to Katy Perry. <laughs> Such a ball. Not a current song. Yeah, not at all. Okay, I think I get it. So I think the first thing with this argument, it's a flawed argument. I think it's an interesting thing to bring up, but I think the way he's making the argument is flawed. You can't just change the key and argue that it doesn't matter because it's music. The key matters quite a bit. Yeah. I understand what he's saying that then relationally everyone's using the same note. So whether it's like a higher key or lower key, they're like, or using the same structure, but it makes a big difference. And essentially when there's seven notes, which I think is how many there are, well, of course people are going to use one of them quite a bit. There's nothing scarier than music theory to me. Yeah, I know. But the whole point that I'm trying to get at is that no, pop music nowadays is not worse than it used to be. But I do think there's something interesting, which relates a bit to what Acelia was saying mm-hmm. about pop music nowadays, which is that... Here we go. There is probably, let's say, 15 to 20 people mm. making all of the music that we listen to. Yeah. That might, might be hyperbole. I understand that it is. But the point is, there's very few people making music nowadays because culture in general has becoming more concentrated into fewer people. There's like less opportunity for independent artists and there's definitely less opportunity for independent music writers. Yeah. So I think that's sort of what he's trying to get at. And he just makes a bad point of it because he's trying to like relate it to one specific note. Right. But I think the kernel of that is that, yeah, there is a real material truth that music as culture, as film, is becoming more like homogenous. Everything's sounding a bit more the same. In some ways, like every single song he's talking about just has kind of like a like a rap vocal, you know? I think so. Right. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. like a speaking level. I'm trying to like mm-hmm. describe notes without talking about music theory, because I really don't know any anything. So it's like yeah, same. it's sort of like that note, I guess what he's calling the supertonic. It sounds like it's just like the speaking key. Do you know what I'm yeah. trying to say? I definitely know what you're trying to say, for sure. He sort of says that when he says, he basically argues that they're using the supertonic so much because it's the most harmless note, which would make sense with what you're saying about it just being the speaking, like the almost human speaking note. Right. So in the sense, what's happening is that they're making just music that appeals to the biggest amount of people. And to do that, you have to go for like the least jarring, the most safe way to do it is to mm-hmm. go for that note that sounds most like human speaking maybe yeah it's like the easiest to sing along to by the sounds of it too yeah exactly yeah so it's safe to say that like what he's getting at is music is becoming simpler for it to be easier to stream on repeat totally which we've said as much in different terms when we were talking about like eight episodes ago about like spotify playlists and Mm. how to succeed in a Spotify playlist, you kind of have to be seamlessly yes. a part of it. Because if you have a song that is like too out of it, you get like thrown off. Yeah, you something. do. Yeah. yeah. That's why Poppy will never make it. <laughs> she really won't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, when I brought up this topic for the podcast, we were a bit like reticent to talk about it because the main talking points are annoying. I hate when a bro, when a music bro is like, pop music sucks nowadays. Like all music is these four chords. Like, yeah, people have been saying that forever. 
Exact. Yeah, I hate that lazy shit. And and I was surprised by how many people took up that argument and mm-hmm. ran with it. Like people really like were like into it and were trying to say like, yeah, music died after the '90s. I saw some dude saying that ever since rock because nowadays there's like no rock music really making it. So if someone was like, yeah, it's because rock died and rock was like the real like transgressive music, so right? Kiss, like not really. ACDC, it's transgressive. Um, <laughs> but I think it's interesting, and I think it does relate to Azalea's point, and in a way, the point of hot local singles at large, which is culture nowadays is seeming a bit dystopian. Mm. Just so uniform, so much of the same. Spotify is like pushing us too far in one direction, I think, and we're uncomfortable with it. Yeah, and I think there's no counterbalance, and I think... Specifically in pop, I feel like I like to think of everything in like industry terms. But when you think about the girls, least the girlies who are making it these days, they're all like plants. Mm. You know, there's no Madonna's who was really someone who came from like an actual working class background mm-hmm. and like hustled in the New York art scene. Like we lost that a bit. Yeah, which might be a good segue into Ava Max. I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's a plant, but Ava Max released an album. Ava Max has this really interesting career. She's been releasing singles for, what, two years now, mm-hmm. let's say? And the gays love her, or not the gays love her, but there's a specific brand of gays who seem to believe she's the next Gaga or something. Yeah. Anyways, the album is called Heaven or Hell? Heaven and Hell? And Heaven Hell, yeah. It's split in two halves, kind of. Now let's talk about actual critique. It's, my first issue with it, it was like, it tries to be a concept album, but none of the songs are actually related to heaven or hell. They're just no. happy and sad songs or positive and negative songs. And then she clunks that into heaven or hell. I think she like just in the in like a pop justice interview that we both read, she says it's more uh, like about the melody. So it might be like minor scale, major mm, scale. It's honestly not really lyrical. Yeah. And it becomes like this weird like post concept that doesn't actually have to do with the music. She's like put it on to whatever collection of songs she had. She's like, oh, why don't we organize this in this like arbitrary way of heaven and hell? And did you listen to the whole thing? I listened to not the whole thing, but a lot of it. I mean, half of this album was already out, right? As singles. It was actually, yeah, quite a lot of it. Yeah. And I was surprised by how much I was liking it, actually. I only only give it a listen, so I'm like, I don't think I'm equipped to give like a full review of the album. But to me, it's like nostalgia for early 2010s pop. Yeah. I see now on like desktop Spotify that it's actually split into two parts, like visually. Mm -hmm. I love how Spotify does that, but it doesn't do that on the app for whatever reason. And I still like Torn the best, like Torn the single. I love that song. Nothing else stuck out to me. I guess the hell half was like, it vaguely skewed like Kim Petra's Halloween album, you know, like a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. Not really. Like everything's still kind of a steady pace, mid tempo. Very poppy, very, very, very poppy, poppy, very Max Martin. Yeah. Um, yeah. 2010s, you're right. I think it's like the good thing and the bad thing about then her music is that I get what she's trying to get go for, but it sometimes ends up just being a bit too generic. Yeah. Because it tries to be so much that pop that we all know that some songs are just like... It's like so early Gaga, like with like repeated... Yeah words yeah. and like repeated sounds like, and like ma, 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 ba, literally ba, 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 ba. she does that yeah. yeah and i think oh my god what's happening she says that 
And who's laughing now? She's like, ha, ha, ha. Yes. Or that something. song I didn't yeah. mind. Like a few of the singles hit better this time around. But um, yeah, it's so 2010s that it almost ends up skewing like Jesse J. Like it's like <laughs> beyond Gaga to like a new level of just radio yeah. pop, you know? Of like radio pop, yeah, exactly. Like it goes to like the more, because Gaga at the time had like a very unique vision. Mm. But when you try to replicate that in 2020, you're doing like Jesse J. Yeah, yeah like weirdly. And in, in the Pop Justice interview, she says she's like all about being different and being cool and like, or maybe it's like not caring about being cool. I forget what she said, whatever. It doesn't matter either way. <laughs> but it's funny because like this kind of music isn't normal. Like it is different, you know? Yeah. Like it is a it is a niche genre of music, despite it being like a heavy hitting like production team, you know? It's like Right. It's not interesting to me, but there's almost theory behind it. I can't explain it. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she tries to do 2010's pop in 2020, which immediately makes it into more of a pastiche. Like it's more like a reference act. It's not It is, yeah. I just think that her vision that what she's trying to become as a pop star is too influenced by the reference in a way that becomes bad. But as a discerning observers that we are, (laughs) I commend her commitment to that. To the bit. Yeah, to the bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) Her commitment to the bit makes it like crazy and in a way like, okay, I I see what you're doing. But it's not good. It's not a good album. It's not like... Yeah. I would say Much Like Smile by Kathleen Perry it's like a full-fledged pop album. You can listen to it front to back. You're kind of taken to a place. Yeah. And whether or not you ever listen to a single song again, it kind of is irrelevant. Like, I like my torn. <laughs> you maybe like your, I don't know. Okay, Naked, which is not an album, I listened to it and I really liked, actually. Naked is the new single, from what I remember. Oh, too. There's a video for it. It's in a four by three aspect ratio. And it's like kind of a Missy Elliott, like fisheye thing in like a cold room, you know? Oh, can we to watch? Yeah. Well, nothing happens in it, so don't worry about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. At least she's trying. She's one of the few pop girls who's trying at the very least. I so kind of agree that. with that, yeah. A concept yeah. album, at the very least. Yeah. Of the weakest yeah. one possible. And it is true. She's, I think she says that in the interview where she's like, every song is a single. Yeah. Which I don't think necessarily means that every song is good, but I do see that. I do think every song could be a single. Okay, well, we referenced Gaga, so let's just... Let's just talk about her 911 video because she just released a music video from Chromatica. Yeah, let's move on from Ava Max. So let's talk about her biggest influence, Lady Gaga. Let's, please. Do you want to describe the plot? Lady Gaga just released her, I want to say, third, fourth single of Chromatica 911, which is, I think, a song that became really popular. It became a meme, even. Yeah, because of the intro. From the transition from Chromatica 2 to 911, which is part of the music video. Right. And the music video is pretty interesting. It's like, again, a pop star trying again, finally. They're trying. Um, and it's this like weird Lynchian slash like Alejandro Jodorowsky shit where like one half is dreamlike, but not. she's not actually dreaming. She's like almost dying. And then the second bit, not even half, like the last bit re- reveals to you that... It's all visions that she's having as she's, like, dying from a car accident. Yeah. And on a billboard in the distance, it says Armenian Film Festival. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, what's up with that? I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't find the like immediate reference, like the symbol to that. In I the, feel like the vibe of the entire video up to that point is Armenian. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like there are Armenians but, involved. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Kim Kardashian was a director. Wow. Yeah, she's like in a um, desert a bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about Armenian geography. Are there deserts? I don't know. I don't think we're qualified to Are talk on that. Are there deserts <laughs> in Armenia? They vary from cold desert to tundra. Oh. There, you, there you go, yes. So that's a play, yes, yeah. The Little Monsters already did the, like, analysis work for all of us. They posted, like, have you, I've seen so many tweets of being like, so this scene where she's, like, floating up represents that she's dying. So this scene where he grabs her ankle, it's a tourniquet. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we do learn that, like, everything that happens in this, like, fantasy land, which honestly looks yeah. good to me. It's a great-looking video. Oh, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Ends up being kind of a, a simile or whatever for... Yeah, what she's experiencing. Being on, like, a stretcher, having a flashlight shone in her face. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. That's, like, the most obvious one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the video. I mean, I think it's, like... I mean, I really commend Gaga for going, like, her videos except for Stupid Love for this era or have been like crazy high budget. And especially when you're like a big pop girl, it's like, yeah, I want you to use your budget because yeah. you're the only one who has it. Well, I'll say this. Ava Max does that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ava Max on Torn. Jeez. You love that song, it seems. It seems that way, yeah. <laughs> but no, I was happy to see this video too because yeah, like you said, Stupid Love had like a weird iPhone integration that it was shot on iPhone so it looked genuinely bad whereas this one looks like yeah alejandro like you said it has kind of a twist at the end in the same way is that the video that has a twist alejandro no when i was saying alejandro i meant the, like the movie director who has a very similar aesthetic mm. but maybe it's paparazzi paparazzi it is twist? it is yeah yeah. yeah 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 so yeah it does feel very 2010s gaga yeah, Gaga used to be the music video pop artist. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. I think a good critique that didn't even come from my brain, but Hugo's brain, who was watching it. The video is really beautiful, but it feels too much like a fashion shoot and not enough like a music video mm. in the sense that a lot of the images are not musical or they don't right. follow the rhythm of the music, especially a song like 911, which is a dancey bop. Yeah. And I'm not saying I need a choreography. I would have loved a choreography, but I'm not saying I need it. But I do think that aside from the guy hitting his head on the pillow, mm. it would have been nice to see the movement of the bodies match or even the movement of the editing match a bit more of the rhythm of the song. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it is a music video. The head slamming on the ground over and over was like a little bit much. Yeah. And the editing, I think, is the issue. I mean, I, did, I didn't actually notice it. I didn't really care at the time. But yeah, it could have been more. For sure. I think it could have been more, especially because it's a dreamlike video. You don't need the editing to be so narrative. It could just follow the rhythm, the rhythm of the music. I mean, that's the whole point of music videos, right? It is a lot of like looking at the camera, kind of just like standing still, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. Totally. But to be fair, she's on a stretcher, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. The whole time. But yeah, I feel like if they had edited that a bit better, it could have been like, a music video, like classic that we all refer to, I feel like in the long run, it just makes it less pleasant to watch when it doesn't feel like the video is following the rhythms mm -hmm. of the song. But it is a great fashion shoot. She looks beautiful in it. The looks are really great. 
the like art direction is amazing. It just looks great. Um, a lot of F words were being like, she stole from this, like the guy who, I don't know if directed the film or, or directed The Cell. Did you ever watch that movie? The Cell? Yeah, with Jennifer Lopez in it. Oh, I've seen that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a good yeah. movie. Crazy. Yeah, the costumes look a lot like it. Actually, um, I totally see that now. And I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know the reference is there, but I'm like, it's pop music. Yeah. It's all about references. It's never really copying. Hmm. I don't know, but that's a discussion for another time, I think, about whether pop music is referencing or copying. Okay. I like the video. I do. Um, I like her VMA performance. I think her fans give her a lot of trouble. Give her a lot of... Yeah, honestly, yeah. It's like a little much. I think like we're yeah. not going to see any less of that going forward. I think people are going to continue to be critical on Twitter. And I think it's going to get yeah. worse for everyone, honestly. For everyone. I had this really funny, now that you say that, this really funny thought that I was going to tweet but didn't. That it's like, the only thing worse than a little monster is like a little monster who no longer believes in Gaga. Yes. Because they're ruthless. They're so, so fucking cruel. Vicious. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I think those people made me like her to begin with in a weird way. During yeah, totally. Pop, yeah. yeah. I know. If it was bad then, like, imagine when people can't go outside in like November, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, um, Twitter is, that's just Twitter. Twitter culture nowadays is just little monster culture. Mm -hmm. Viciousness. So I do blame the little monsters for the death of RBG. <laughs> <laughs> Notorious RBG. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening, right? Yeah, thank you, listener. Thank you, Juan. Thanks for listening to Hot Local Singles. Thank you, Joshi. And as you heard a thousand times, we are launching a Patreon soon. Right now. Yeah, right now, because it's the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have uh, like extras from each episode. So each episode will record a bit longer, mm -hmm. uh, the pre-show, and only the Patreon subscribers will have access to that. And then we'll do special episodes every once in a while too for the Patreon. Can't wait. Subscribe. And we will see you in two weeks, won't we? Love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.